everybody Gather near The doctors in the house So lend them your ears The things he can say Might even make your day He might even help Your pain go away The doctor is In the house The doctor Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, and the doctors are in the house, Dr. Ron and Dr. Jerry. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being faithful to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, with an attitude of gratitude, I welcome you tonight because we know that happiness is a lifestyle And that an attitude of gratitude not only boosts joy and general life satisfaction, it's also the single best predictor of good relationships and benefits both sanity and physical health. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's make happiness a lifestyle uh, so that we're not as depressed or angry or anything about those negative emotions. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. With that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's introduce Dr. Jerry. I was afraid I didn't see him on the board, but I see him now. So good evening, Dr. Jerry. I am here. It's raining and it started to snow. And uh, I was out to dinner with my cousin from Florida and he's shivering in his boots. <laughs> What's he doing up there? You better treat him with a thoroughfly. Shock that man back into his senses. Absolutely. I gave him a good Chinese uh, uh, tea and uh, pico tea and a good bowl of duck soup, man. He's happy. (laughs) I hope he's happy. I'm happy, too. I had my cordyceps tea prior to showtime. I'm ready to rock and roll. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight we're going to try and figure out how we got it all wrong. And uh, are we treating sunscreens like we treated margarine in the day? But before we do that, I have a couple news articles I just want to bring to your attention. 
we've had multiple shows and and guests on colloidal silver. Let me just tell you that in the last 10 years, 5,000 patents for antimicrobial silver products have been applied for. Okay, there was a clinical review published in 2018 in the journal Antibiotics uh, and a patent review of the past decade, and it reveals over the past 10 years, nearly 5,000 commercial patents have been taken out for the use of silver as an antimicrobial agent, that is to stop the spread of pathogens. So, you know, there's a big scare tactic out there, but like I told you last week, there's been zero deaths from colloidal ionic silver. And uh, if you're interested in this article, uh, I could I could email it to you. If you email me at docronradio at gmail.com, I'd be glad to get it to you, along with hundreds of uses for colloidal silver. I mean, from your toothbrush to uh, underarms, uh, coating a, a, a surgical masks with it, uh, clean medical instruments with it, uh, bone and put implants. put it in your cat food, too. Put it in your cat food. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, there's innumerable. There's lots of uh, uses for this colloidal silver. I think Dr. Jerry even uses it in when he's doing dentistry. So uh, a great product, but... You know, if they're if it was so bad, why did the drug companies and the big corporations go after five thousand patents for it? That was number one on my list because we try and bring you medical news that you can use. The other is uh, just the pharmaceutical company. One particular got caught dumping seniors uh, with with faulty implants. Uh, you know, your most vulnerable. Uh, when you're older and you want to, and, and people promise you that, you know, if you undergo the knife and you get a new hip or a new knee, you'll be la- you'll be laid up for a few weeks or months. You go through therapy, and you, you're promised that the success rate of your replacement part is darn near perfect. All your troubles will be over. Uh, but for some people, it turned out that that was an empty promise, far from from perfect. And and pants on fire for this for the drug company. There were seniors who got a metal on metal 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 on metal hip implant from Depuy Synthesis. Never thought they had to get cut open again. That's Depuy D E capital P U Y. The replacement joints were you know they're supposed to last ten or twenty years, right? But guess what? They were failing at the five year mark. And the seniors that got these hips were hobbling around, and they were back on the operating table. The friction of these implants caused tiny pieces of metal to flake off inside their bodies. Some patients experienced allergic reactions, and the hip tissues around that implant just shriveled up and died. The failure was bad enough to force the company to recall thousands of these these hips, mainly the ASRXL. And three years later, stopped sales of the Pinnacle Ultimate. The suffering was so severe and widespread that this company, Depuy, D-E-P-U-Y, paid out over $2 billion, that's B, billion dollars, to settle the thousands of patient lawsuits. But there was more trouble to come. The attorney generals of no less than 46 states accused this company and its parent company, J&J, 
of intentionally misleading and deceiving patients. Boy, have we talked about how how these companies uh, cook the books. Instead of defending itself in court in front of a judge and a jury, they paid an additional $120 million to settle. But the company refuses to admit any guilt, not even an apology. And you won't get one, ladies and gentlemen. So there is a syndrome that came out as a result of this. It's called metallosis. Uh, it's prevalent, maybe about 18% of people that, that, that have these, these metal-on-metal hips. Uh, and that's, that's the main ones that it occurs with. And what it is, it is a condition in which the debris from the metallic implants that is shed these particles build up in the soft tissue. They leak into the bloodstream, which can immediately lead to metal poisoning. And I talked to Dr. Jerry today about it. These materials, this metal from this block of metal that's used to make this hip, range from materials like titanium, chromium, nickel, cobalt, iron, and molybdenum or molybdenum. Others have ceramic or plastic heads paired with the metal stems. However, the smooth muscle, smooth nature of the metal on metal implants cause high friction rate, patient moved. So, you know, they, they, they said it was like a starting a forest fire. The pieces rub together, that cause the particles to shed. So just generally, if, you're, you know, you kind of, if you have a skin rash and you've had one of these hips, if you're losing bone, if you have a lot of inflammation, pain in your hip and groin, numbness, uh, the socket getting loose called osteolysis. If you have cardiomyopathy, if you have some heart trouble, got to check this out. Changes in your ability to walk, renal and thyroid function impairment, blood poisoning, cobalt poisoning, titanium metallosis, circulation and cognitive issues. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, it's sad that if a person is diagnosed with dementia and as Dr. Jerry would say, you never got to splinter out. Nobody bothered to see if it could be coming from a hip and other neurological changes. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody else or hear anybody else doing that. Uh, just something to keep in mind. So uh, before we go further, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special show coming up this Friday. We have Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. He's a world expert on fibromyalgia. And he's also written a book called Diabetes is Optional. The Natural Way to Control Type 2 Diabetes. And he's going to talk about his new book and a um, herbal product that's called Hintonia, H-I-N-T-O-N-I-A, that's been used for centuries. It's grown in Mexico and Central America, and it's been used to reverse high blood sugar and insulin resistance in type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome for over 100 years. Studied in detail with lots of studies. So he'll be talking about that during the first part of the interview, and then during the second part of the interview, we will be speaking about fibromyalgia, uh, sometimes called chronic fatigue syndrome. Next Tuesday, we'll have Dr. Sims. He's going to talk on movement disorders, uh, Parkinson's disease, Tourette's syndrome, and a dental connection. And Dr. Jerry will tell you more about him. And then the following week, on the 12th, we'll have Dr. Nye. Uh, he's going to talk about... Uh, a new system for uh, treating pain. And again, Dr. D- Dr. Uh, Jerry, why don't you just talk about those two physicians that we'll have on in the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, Dr. Nye is actually my sensei, my teacher in Qigong acupuncture. 
and uh, he's a 23rd generation Qigong master with 40 years of clinical experience. So the guy is just from the heart, and he's put together his uh, so-called matrix system. It differs from the traditional acupuncture uh, teachings because um, traditional acupuncture follows the hardwired nervous system, and the points relate to that, whereas Qigong acupuncture uh, relates to a matrix where it, it takes the path of least resistance. So the points are not directly related to uh, nerve tracks. Anyway, all I can tell you is that when I got back from this course, my uh, secretary had six years of shoulder pain when she fell off of a ladder, and I, I located the appropriate point on her head, treated it, and her pain disappeared immediately and has not returned. So this guy is like a magician and he has such knowledge that you're never going to find in the textbooks to relieve pain. Dr. Sims, uh, I've become very friendly with, uh, in the recent years, this guy, he's like, uh, I am, you know, triple A personality is up from one to four in the morning doing research and has connected the dots on the anatomical and neurological relationships to jaw problems and how they relate to, uh, movement disorders, Tourette's, and so forth. So uh, he has information, again, you're not going to find in the textbooks, and it's going to open up your mind to, you know, resolving problems that traditional medicine, they don't even know that they don't know. So anyway, I think we're going to have exciting uh, few shows coming up, and uh, our listeners should tell their friends to tune in because they're going to hear information that's not on the 11 o'clock news or from their local doctors or dentists. Okay, so fibromyalgia this Friday, 4 p.m., a different a time change, too, because that's the time we could get this giant in his field. And the other two shows with Dr. Sims and Dr. Nye are at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So uh, spread the word. I think you will learn and uh, a lot from these, these three physicians, and uh, you can improve the quality of your life. So, ladies and gentlemen, how did we get it all wrong? Let me just start out because we've talked about this. Remember, nutritionists began to see signs that people whose diets were high in saturated fat and cholesterol also had high rates of cardiovascular disease, and they told us to avoid butter, choose margarine, you know, the kind that was made by bubbling hydrogen gas through vegetable oil and creating all those trans fats. And, you know, then the, the people that made real butter made sure that the Margarine was dyed pink, so it could, you know you could tell the difference. And then science came around and revealed that the trans fats created by the hydrogenation product process were far worse than uh, for our arteries than natural fats in butter. Harvard researchers estimated 30,000 people per year were dying unnecessarily from the trans fats. Thank you. My question today for Dr. Jerry and myself is, might that same dynamic be playing out with sunscreens, which uh, also have a remarkably sketchy past? One of the first sunscreens was Red Vet Pet, or Red Veterinary Petrol Petrolatum. It was a thick red petroleum jelly. It was invented in 40, 1944 to protect our soldiers in the South Pacific. So it must have been reminiscent to these guys of the pink margarine. Only Coppertone bought the rights to it, reformulated it to suit the needs of the, of the culture and tanning culture, and the sunscreen took off. 
However, like margarine, early sunscreen formulations were disastrous, shielding users from UVB rays that cause sunburn, but not UVA rays that cause skin cancer. Even today, SPF ratings refer only to UVB rays. So many users may be absorbing far more UVA radiation than they realize. Meanwhile, many common sunscreen ingredients have been found to be hormone disruptors. How many times did Dr. Jerry and I talk about hormone disruptors for your, your thyroid, your pituitary, your sex glands? And these hormone disruptors can be detected in users' blood and breast milk. The worst offender, oxybenzone. It mutates our DNAs. It mutates the DNA of corals and is believed to be killing coral reefs. I know that uh, I met a diver on a recent trip, and he said that uh, over the east coast of Florida, they're thinking of banning all sunscreens because the coral reefs are dead. Hawaii and the western, western Pacific nation of Palo have already banned it, and it takes a full effect in 2021 and 2020, respectively, and other governments are expected to follow. So we're moving away from this oxybenzone. So how did we get this all wrong? How did we get it all wrong? Well, most of us are exposed to many different types of propaganda, right? Advertising. The majority of the time, these advertisements, what do they do? They try to sell us products that we don't even need. Okay? So it's hard sometimes to, to, you know, watch television or whatever, and you see these aren't ads for sunscreen. Mainstream media is obsessed with telling people to avoid the sun. Apply copious amounts of sunscreen. Dermatologists in the American Medical Association say the sun is bad, that one should avoid it at all costs. But we have to consider today, what are those costs? Recent studies have shown that sunscreen, which has been widely promoted over the last 30 years, could be doing much more harm than good. Dr. Jerry's going to talk about sunscreen. He's going to talk about sunscreens, how they block Vitamin D, and maybe we shouldn't even be calling D a vitamin because it's a, it has, I'm not going to go into use that word, he'll use it. it. It can prevent health and cancer. Many major brands of sunscreen also contain toxic chemicals like we talked about. Could blocking vitamin D synthesis and slathering toxic chemicals on our skin actually be the main cause of skin cancer? So with that opening, I want Dr. Jerry to... Uh, fill us in on some of the research he's been doing about the, the sun and uh, vitamin D. And I have a few observations I would like to chime in with on, on this also. So, Dr. Jerry. Well, thank you. I have to uh, just share with you what I call the sunscreen hall of shame. Uh, Banana Boat Baby Max <laughs> Protect, right? <laughs> yeah. Has an SPF of 100 but when they actually tested it, it only had 9.3 uh, blocking ability. Far cry from the 100 that they're advertising. So you talk about false advertising. You know, where's the FTC coming down their, their throats on this nonsense? So people are just being misled, uh, you know, from the get-go. And, and their health is being uh, jeopardized. Uh, basically... Vitamin D is pretty amazing. It's not really uh, a vitamin. It, it's technically a hormone, and it, it's a crucial nutrient. And, and unfortunately, many Americans, even if you eat a good diet, are vitamin D deficient. So 
Less sun means less vitamin D, which leads to lower immunity and more illness, especially in the winter months when the, the sun is, is clouded uh, and you're not getting the exposure that you need. The vitamin D basically enters your muscle cells and makes them uh, stronger. Um, it also possesses anti-inflammatory properties. You know, these are things that, to be honest with you, when I did my research, I wasn't aware of some of these attributes. So the greater the concentrations of vitamin D results in good lung health, uh, which is amazing with people with all kinds of emphysema problems. Uh, you know, research demonstrated there's an inverse relationship between vitamin D levels and high blood pressure. So in other words, the lower your vitamin D, the higher your blood pressure. You know, the, most doctors say, oh, don't take salt. But it may not be a salt issue. It could very well be a vitamin D deficiency that's responsible for your blood pressure. And you're not going to hear that on the 11 o'clock news, that's for sure. Uh, vitamin D, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. It also helps the kidney function play a very beneficial role in uh, treating kidney disease. But, you know, you ask your doctor about it and he'll scratch his head and he's going to look puzzled because they don't have the foggiest idea of the attributes. Uh, the lower your vitamin D levels, the more likely you're going to feel blue depression. So low levels of vitamin D have long been associated with higher incidence of depression, which is pretty amazing because they got all these psychedelic drugs on the market today that make you high, low, and go sideways, but they're not getting to the root cause, which is very, very important. Uh, when you don't have enough vitamin D, you can feel hungry all the time, no matter how much you eat, which I never knew that was a factor in, in say, uh, keeping you uh, your blood sugar levels up. So, the key here is that the vitamin D interferes with the effectiveness of leptins, which the appetite hormone that tells you that you're full. So the key is when vitamin D is replenished and back to normal, your leptin, leptin's action are restored and you feel uh, satiety and, aiding, and, and also aids in weight loss. So that's a really, really important thing with in today's uh, world with people, you know, they're gaining weight and they look like little munchkins running around. Uh, there's many studies have linked the shortage of vitamin D with cognitive impairment. You wonder how many people in nursing homes, you know, can't make sense of what's going on in their little world. And again, being shut up in a nursing home, you're not getting a exposure. And, and the so-called vitamin D enriched uh, dairy products are not cutting it. So that's uh, another interesting uh, area, to, you know, to be concerned about because the vitamin D is what they call neuroprotective. It helps rid the brain of beta amyloid, which is an abnormal protein that's believed to be a major cause of Alzheimer, uh, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, you know, seniors are also uh, being affected with other neurological diseases that, again, could be attributed to vitamin D. Um, so basically... The optimal level should be somewhere between 50 nanograms to 70 nanograms per milliliter. And most physicians think 20 or 30 level is adequate. But in reality, uh, you're headed for all kinds of immune problems. And cancer patients almost across the board show low levels of vitamin D. 
So that's a real serious uh, issue today. Excellent. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, did, did you just gather what vitamin D uh, is associated with? Uh, you know, this, this, this vitamin that has been demonized, uh, virtually every disease and disorder you can think of, Dr. Jerry just mentioned them, cancer, diabetes, obesity, osteoporosis, heart attack, stroke, depression, cognitive impairment. Don't we all uh, fear that as we get older? Autoimmune conditions, you know, like the rheumatoids and the uh, lupus and so forth. Okay, and it's required for the absorption of calcium. You know, and people take a lot of calcium. That's why the calcium doesn't work. They're low in vitamin D. It's essential for bone health, okay? And it's associated with so many diseases. But, you know, we all work indoors. A lot of us work indoors. We don't go outdoors, like, uh, and get sufficient quantities. And, of course, the American Academy of Dermatology has zero tolerance stance for sun exposure, okay? Yet, yet I got to be honest with you, if you read the papers, a lot of vitamins are not... Uh, holding up in research and uh, vitamin D supplementation has failed in some clinical trials. Okay. Five years ago, I, I got a paper researchers were warning that zero tolerance benefit uh, was, uh, was a wrong thing. And in November, one of the largest and most rigorous trials of the vitamin ever conducted 25,871 participants received high doses for five years. Guess what? No impact on cancer, heart disease, or stroke. How do we get that wrong? How could we get this so wrong? We know that low vitamin D causes all this. How come supplements didn't correct the problem? How could people with low vitamin D levels have higher rates of these diseases and not be helped by the supplement? Dr. Jerry, I think the rogue, uh, there's a rogue, I call them a rogue band of researchers. They have an explanation for it because we've been misled. The argument is that we made people with high vitamin D levels so healthy was not the vitamin itself, okay? People with high vitamin D levels that were healthy was not the vitamin itself. They're considering that vitamin D is just a marker, and their vitamin D levels were high because they were getting plenty of exposure to the thing that was really responsible for that good health. And what's that, ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> that big orange shining ball above our head that we're blessed with here in Florida, they're getting the sun, okay? So you, I'm not saying you do not take supplements, but what I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in, in tune with this show, you have to be comprehensive. You need the sun. We're not saying it's sunburn. You don't want to burn, but you need the sun, okay? Because we happen to think, you know, if you're deficient in something, just re, just, just uh Supplement it. Well, maybe I'm not saying I'm right, but maybe this is, uh, you know, you really do need the sun. There's a Dr. Weller. He began to doubt about vitamin D in 2010 when he was researching nitric oxide. And that could be a program all in itself because we run out of nitric oxide as we get older. It's a molecule that's produced in our body that dilates blood vessels and lowers blood pressure. He discovered a previously unknown biological pathway by which the skin uses sunlight to make nitric oxide. So like Dr. Wong said, you know, when we run out of dopamine, systemic enzymes, and nitric oxide, we die. So, Well, Dr. Uh, Ron, you know, one of the issues also is what is the form of vitamin D that they're using? You know, if they're using D2, uh, that could be a major problem. 
if it's not getting converted to D3. And also a lot of D3 is made by irradiating lanolin, which is not uh, very healthy for you. So, you know, the research could be flawed from the get-go on purpose by using the wrong uh, formulas for that. I, and, I, and I do, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And uh, talking with Dr. Wong a couple of weeks ago, something I was not aware of, you need magnesium to convert the vitamin D to its hormonal functions. So, you know, there are, there are uh, co, 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 uh, morbidity, fa- uh, core, what the, what's the word I'm looking for, Jerry? There, there are other co-factors, factors, co-factors, co-factors yeah. in the <clears throat> equation. But I, I'm, I'm just bringing this up because I, I don't want people to be afraid of the sun, okay? Because sun avoidance uh, uh, cannot, it may not even reduce your risk of skin cancer, okay? Well, you know, that's why I'm bringing bottom, that up. Yeah, the bottom line is there are some researchers that have come to the conclusion that when you're in the sun and you're sweating, the toxins are coming to the outer layers of the skin. And that's really what's causing the skin cancer. Not so much the, the sunshine is just the fact that it's bringing these poisons up to the upper layers. Good point. Excellent point. Uh, and I want to touch on something else when we talk about normal levels. Uh, so if you get your blood tested and it's 22 nanograms per milliliter and the physician assistant sees it and there's no red mark, you'll get a call. Your blood test is normal. Well, I have an analogy. Calling someone with a vitamin D level of less than 20 nanograms per milliliter of vitamin D deficient is like calling someone over 400 pounds simply overweight. In both cases, ladies and gentlemen, a grossly serious (laughs) understatement. 20... I'm sorry, Rod. I couldn't hold back. That's okay. I I I I wrote that a while. I was laughing when I was writing it, but uh, it it just doesn't make sense. You want to be optimized, which is fifty to seventy at least. Okay, nanograms per milliliter. Okay, that's that's the optimal level. You just don't want to be normal. You want to be optimal. Doctor Wallace, you don't. You don't yeah, want your, other, your your hormone levels to be normal. You want it to be normal for a 30-year-old, even though you're 70. I'm sorry, Jerry, go. Yeah, that's okay. And, yeah, one of the other problems, too, is like Dr. Wong mentioned about the magnesium. But, you know, if you go into these uh, uh, cut-rate vitamin shops and you're buying these cheap vitamins and, and it's magnesium oxide, which is literally ground-up rocks, and the chances of you – absorbing that to any you know great degree is going to be minimal so you know you you think you're taking the right stuff when in fact you're hampering your body from working properly yeah that's all, all good points and, and and ladies and gentlemen you can get a blood test for vitamin d okay the hydroxy and uh if it's above 60 you have an 83 percent lower chance of breast cancer than if it was below 20. Gosh, I mean, boy, that, that got my attention. Well, you know, it's so also maybe, interesting that the vitamin D is related to chronic fatigue, which I never knew. And um, since since I read that, I start putting the drops directly under my tongue, and I feel like a, the Energizer bunny now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that the liposomals with Dr. Jaffe recommended to us on his last uh, visit to our program, the liposomal uh, vitamin D K2, and K2 has a half-life of three days, so you need, only need to take 100 milligrams every three days. But they work in synergy uh, to keep the uh, vitamin D and the calcium in the circulation and stop it from precipitating in your arteries or in your joints. So, you know, a good, a good liposomal vitamin D like Dr. Jerry just talked about, you know, 2,000, 3,000 milligrams, along with 100 milligrams of vitamin K2 every, every third day. Uh, you're going to find you're less achy, less bone achy, uh, less chronic fatigue. And we'll talk to Dr. Uh, uh, Teitelbaum about this on Friday, about the chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and vitamin D. But I did read his book, and he does mention it in there. So he's been he's been supplementing this for years. Uh, it all has to do with the calcium matrix, matrix in your skeleton. And, and, and we'd be remiss in, in this time of the year. They call it the quote-unquote flu season. Well, Dr. Jerry and I know better. This is just lack of the sun and low vitamin D levels. Would you and agree, too Dr. Much sugar. Jerry? And too much and, sugar. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, you know, it does help your, your immune system, and it helps with colds and flu. And maybe if you're getting it, maybe that might be a, a marker that, you know, you're low in vitamin D. If you're, and, and, and if you're feeling blue and you're down, uh, you might want to get your vitamin D up, Okay. Uh, if you're sleepy during the day. And there was a, a Dr. Hollick. He said a classic sign of vitamin D deficiency is a sweaty head. I had never heard this before, Jerry. He said, yeah, physicians, was Richard Nixon. You, that was Richard Nixon. He always used to sweat when he lied. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he said he, he started doing this in adults too for vitamin D because he said sweating, uh, head sweating, excessive and sweating in newborns was due to neuromuscular irritability, and that was an early symptom of vitamin D deficiency. So what do we have for uh, uh, risk factors? Well, indoors, okay, and wearing sunscreen, risk factor for low D. Darker skin, you know. If you have a darker skin, you're not going to absorb as much D from the sun. Okay. I, there's a, there's a physician who I respect and he said that you have to have like 10 times more sun exposure to produce the same amount of vitamin D as a pale, pale skin person. If you're over 50, Jerry, your skin doesn't make as much vitamin D in response to the sun. Okay. So we got to remember that if you're overweight, you're not going to make as much vitamin D. And if you have GI problems, which affect, that can affect your ability to absorb fat. In other words, you have too fast a transit time. If you have Crohn's or celiac or, or some sort of gluten or inflammatory bowel disease, uh, you're going to have problems with vitamin D. So, Dr. Jerry, what do you recommend to optimize D levels? What do you recommend? Well, basically a good liposomal type um, uh, fat soluble so it gets absorbed through the, the membranes. And uh, if you're eating a lot of good greens, you're going to get your magnesium. So that's go. another you know, a good diet. Um, you know, enzymes, zinc, you know, all the basics. You know, getting back to basics. The other interesting uh, concept that I, I came across this weekend is with MSM, methyl sulfonylmethane, which is phenomenal. And, and it's unfortunate with all the processed foods 
dehydration, whatever, it's, it's non-existent, that opens up the cell membrane so these nutrients can get in, whether it be D or magnesium or anything else. And I just started taking MSM myself, like two teaspoons in the morning, and it's like rocket fuel. This stuff is so amazing. If you have a hangover, for example, you take two teaspoons, the hangover is gone in 20 minutes because it opens up the cell membrane and the alcohol gets out of the cell and, and the oxygen and nutrients get in there and, and clean it out. And there's the end of your hangover. How about if you put that in hydrogen water? Uh, it's got to enhance the effectiveness because anything that uh, restores the membrane to normal physiologic function has got to improve health. Right. In fact, I start putting it into my cat food because they said, you know, most animals, when they scratch a lot or get itchy, it's, it's due to MSM deficiency. So these nutrients are not getting in like birds in the cage, for example, when they start pulling their feathers out, it's because they're itching and scratching. They can't, you know, resolve it. It's a lack of MSM in their diet. <clears throat> so it, it all gets back to basics. If the cell membrane's not working, how can you restore health? You could pump in all the best supplements in the world. Hmm. That all makes sense. That's the problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, sunscreens are bad, bad for you, and bad for the environment, killing off the uh, coral reefs. But not all of them are bad. Not all of them are bad. There's a website Dr. Jerry mentioned, EWG, Environmental Working Group. Uh, Environmental Working Group, EWG. They, they will give you a list of uh, sunscreens that, are, that they like. And I can tell you that zinc oxide is their first choice for sun protection. Okay. It provides greater protection for, from UVA rays than any other sunscreen chemical approved in the U.S., Okay, so, and then when you want to nourish your skin, they recommend coconut oil or shea butter. So, you know, there are options, and that, that, that's, that's the whole word. That's, that, that's the key word here. There are options to the sunscreens. Okay, so we recommend, uh, recommend that you uh, get appropriate sun. Don't get burned, okay? The sunscreens, as I say, can cause cancer. And... You know, it's it's sad, but I do understand the dermatologists. Uh, you know, uh, they they they're treating patients with melanomas, so it's natural for them to focus on preventing them. But they're not keeping the big picture in mind. A analogy would be an orthopedic surgeon. He treats a a, a lot of knee injuries, right? But he doesn't advise his patients to avoid all exercise. They're avoid because of the melanomas. They're telling people to avoid the sun, and there may be other causes for melanoma, including some of the sweeteners that we're using. And Dr. Jerry, did you do any research on melanomas? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, One of the findings I came across was that uh, outdoor workers have a lower melanoma rate than indoor workers. So melanoma rates are not related to cumulative exposure. And the incidence decreases on chronically exposed body sites. So apparently the vitamin D is preventing the melanoma. And uh, what, what I'm finding, like any other cancer, there's splinters in the body, such as heavy metals and pesticides. 
and viruses and vaccines and vaccine adjuvants that are trapped in the skin. And the bottom line is they become carcinogenic because they disrupt the normal physiology of the cell. So that's what's really going on. Uh, There's no magic. It's just you have to open your eyes and, and, and think logically. Yeah, and, and, and melanomas generally occur on the back, uh, which is rarely exposed to as much sun as the arms, the face, and the hands. And people of color, they rarely get melanoma, 26 per 100,000, versus Caucasians, uh, let's see, rate of 26 per 100,000 in Caucasians, uh, and only one per 100,000 in African-Americans. So 26 per 100,000 in Caucasians, one per 100,000 in African-Americans. But when you read, keep reading about this subject, African-Americans suffer high rates of diabetes, heart disease, stroke, cancer, and other diseases that you know, we just talked about. They may seem to improve in the presence of sunlight. So they may not be getting enough, okay, because they have higher levels of melanin melanin that makes them dark. They require more sun exposure. Remember I told you, 10 times more to produce the vitamin D. So they have a lot to gain from the sun, little to fear, and then they're putting the, this, this lotion all over them. So, again, just out there to, to, to raise your awareness, okay, because I, I think we've been misled. In this field, uh, as do other researchers. I mean, I, I gathered and made my opinion after reading other researchers. It's just as in my opinion, but it is now. But it, I, I, I boil. I, I, I deducted this opinion from where everything I read. So, uh, so we just can't have a boilerplate uh, guideline, okay? So, um, so guidelines are not bad, but I think this this, this one about avoiding sunlight from inception to death is a bad one. We, we've survived a lot of thousands of years without sunscreens. Well, the other so, interesting uh, thing, Dr. Ron, is the yeah. fact that the same companies that make the sunscreen also make the chemotherapeutic agents. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, it, 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 it is just, just generally crazy. Again, I want to recommend our our, our listeners to go to ewg.org uh, uh, for their, their sunscreen advice and for advice on, on, on all the chemicals that, that are using cleaning agents and so forth. It's just a, a, a great uh, uh, website. Dr. Jerry, we have a lot of, a lot of phone callers here. I want to open up some lines and, uh, and just see if anybody has any questions here. Uh, <clears throat> let me just open up some of these. Uh, I have one in the 561 area code that ends at 6177. Any questions for the panel? No. And then we have one from the 215 area that ends at 1116. Any questions? The 484 area code. Uh, any questions? All right, and then we lastly, but leastly, not leastly, but we have uh, another 561 from 8402. Any questions? All right, Jerry, oh. looks like you did a good job. So we've talked about sunscreens. we talked about vitamin D. The vitamin D levels have to be high, 
not low, not not just two nanograms per milliliter above the normal limit and normal limit. We'll, we'll have Dr. Teitelbaum talk about that because he, he understands how these normal uh, values were are, are, are calculated, and they really are calculated from sick people, not from uh, uh, well people. And uh, you just want to be optimal, not normal. You want to be optimal. Um, so uh, we, we want to talk to, uh, at some point about uh, breathing. And I just wanted one other thing I did want to bring to your attention here, if I find my notes. I wanted to talk about uh, when you go to a doctor, okay, uh, there, there's some questions you have to ask your physician. You have to ask him. You've got to be proactive because we, we, we tell you on this program, we want you to take care of your own body. You have to ask your doctor, do I really need this test? Do I really need this treatment or procedure? So do I need this test, treatment, or procedure? What are the downsides? What happens if I do nothing? And are there simpler, safer options? Okay, so you have to ask this. So just don't don't think that uh, most physicians do their best to keep up, but you have to put you know challenge them. What if I do nothing? Is it, what's going to happen? I mean, I I told you about the study out of the New England Journal of Medicine last week on on stents. Okay, most of the time they don't improve anything. You could you could just go ahead and uh, take your medications and save an operative procedure that that could kill you. So uh, please ask questions, and we we have to have to have a program where after we have our guests over the next two and a half weeks of you know the the medical profession seems to be telling us you're sick, but you don't know it yet. Well. I would like to say you're, you know, you really have to, we have to define what is health. Is it just the absence of disease and is disease, the absence of health got to be more to it than that. So well, we, Dr. Ron, the absence of of sickness is not having a doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I came up with another one too. The drug companies want us to have a pill for every ill. So, right. you know, we have to talk about that. Um, Dr. Dan, how are you, sir? All right. How are you doing, Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry? Any questions, Dr. Dan? What do you, what do you think? Okay. One thing I was thinking, we keep talking about 50 to 70, uh, which is what we shoot for here in our house, I'm sure, just like you do. Um, when does the uh, dosage of vitamin D, the hormone become toxic when you hit what particular levels and what are the toxic symptoms? That's a great you question. you have anything on that? Well, there's been no toxic overdose of vitamin D in the literature in the past two years. Okay, because we reported on that a couple of weeks ago. There's okay. been no toxic levels. And it's a fat-soluble vitamin, uh, so it gets excreted. Uh, so well, the other issue, are... yeah, Dr. Ron, is usually you have to take large doses for six months in order to reach, you know, toxic levels. So, um, you know, unless you're drinking a gallon of it, 
So it's like anything else, you know, water is healthy, but you can also drown in it. But the, the key right. is, you know, if you're taking a normal dose, a thousand uh, or, or 10 drops, you know, on a daily basis, you're not going to overdose. Exactly. And, 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 you know, the current uh, opinion is that, you know, because this, this vitamin is really a hormone, uh, you should really have a, a, a blood test every every six months uh, for vitamin D. Okay, so then you'll find your sweet spot uh, of how much you need to take to to stay in that in that uh, range. Yeah, and and we 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 like to tell the uh, <laughs> we we like to tell the insurance companies to pay for it too. That's another problem I think some people might be running into when they try to get some tests done. That the insurance companies don't think they're necessary because mm. it's something that they don't consider abnormal or that should be checked. So that's something that should be checked before you get it done, so you make sure you don't get stuck with the bill. Because I've run into it myself. Okay, so but I'd rather get stuck with the bill than to get stuck with a low vitamin D, uh, Doctor Jerry, oh. Doctor Doctor Dan. So. You know, uh, you know, what's your yeah. health worth? Uh, you know, and sometimes you don't know until you end up in bed, until you end up with a with a chronic debilitating disease. So, uh, although money is important, uh, so is your health. Right. Well, but you just ask you could just ask that question, and then you can you can get an answer even before you have the test done, because they'll they'll tell you. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, you brought up a, a good point about uh, toxicity. You know, you could look at it from a blood uh, standpoint that you're going to have elevated blood calcium levels because, it, you know, the D increases calcium uptake. Uh, also, you could have nausea, vomiting, and poor appetite with uh, excess vitamin D and stomach pains, constipation or diarrhea, uh, bone loss, uh, a kidney, kidney failure. Uh, so, but the key is, you know, if you're taking excessive, you know, 25,000 IUs, uh, Every day for six months, then you're going to run into trouble. I I, I think so because it's it's fat soluble and it gets stored in the body, right? Right. Okay. But but yeah, it, you know it can be toxic. I mean, you hear what Dr. Jerry said. It can be toxic if it's abused, like everything else. You, know, you it could, doesn't you get have urinated out the way the the, the uh, water soluble vitamins do. Yeah, but this will you stay know. in your like vitamin A, and you know there is a toxicity to it. A? There's no doubt about it. But right, if you right. are reasonable about it and have regular checkups, you should have no problem. And you should be healthier and have more energy, less diabetes, less fibromyalgia, and, and less colds and flu. So there's a lot to be said, for even if you've got to pay for the test. The problem today is not enough doctors are concentrating on regular or real checkups. They're just concentrating on tests and the tests that they want done. I've seen this personally also, and that's a scary thing because we we don't have the old days when when our parents or whatever or or we we practice and we really examine a patient <laughs> well, they're afraid they're going to get sued for uh was it uh, inappropriate behavior <laughs> you might be touching a you might be touching a patient it's inappropriate <laughs> that's right. Yeah, love to see yourself on television the next day. <laughs> like, 
I wonder who's All right, on the so news Dr. tonight. Jerry. And yeah. Dr. Dan, yeah, we, 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 you know, I think we covered it pretty good. I think, uh, you know, we, we've given our audience something to think about that they're, you know, they, and that, that they do have options and that there is a blood test and uh, uh, some reasons maybe why not to uh, make the sun your enemy. Uh, so uh, I think we can leave it there. And I think uh, we can get ready for Dr. Teitelbaum on Friday with a, with a great program on Diabetes is optional. Uh, just a great little mo- book that he has uh, written that I've read, and learn more about uh, Hintonia and how to, how it can help the, the type two diabetes. And he has uh, some diet and exercise advice. Uh, and he likes chocolate, so you know he's my friend. And it, he will just uh, talk to you about how you can uh, you know you don't have to live in a jail cell with the with the di- with the diagnosis of diabetes. And I want to recommend uh, that, you know, that people sign up for the Moss Reports. Dr. Ralph Moss was our guest a couple of weeks ago. The, uh, he has a free ultimate guide to cancer, been really well received. He's been on a lot of other podcasts since ours. Uh, I guess we got him started. And he even started a YouTube channel. So you know, I want to rec- remind everybody, if you go to mossreports.com, you can get a free download of the uh, guide. Uh, last week we talked about thyroid, you, you know, I want you to keep a healthy thyroid, avoid the BPA and all the toxins, all the plastics that can interfere with your thyroid gland. And it, it just as Berta Barnes had said, what, 30, 40 years ago, it's an underdiagnosed disease. It still is today. Uh, your, your blood test should be optimal, just not just normal. So we did talk about that last week. You can refer to that podcast. And I think as time goes on, we want to talk about what is health. And we we have to keep talking about detoxifying our bodies, maybe a little bit every day to detox, okay? And then maybe once in a while. Like Dr. Jerry knows, after I had some company here, I was really feeling bad. And he said, did you go in your sauna? And I hadn't. And, uh, you know, I, that's how I detox. So, uh Well, we will have some programs on that. And then I promised one uh, email person that we're going to talk about prostate. And I did have a urologist uh, to come in the second part of the program tonight, but he had emergency surgery and had to cancel. So, but we'll get him back. So Dr. Jerry, what do you think? I think uh, we, 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 we covered the subject. I don't think we need to, to beat it up anymore. Yeah. Well, I always say when you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Exactly. Attitude of gratitude and life is short, ladies and gentlemen. It's short for drama and petty things. So laugh hard, love truly, forgive quickly, live while you are alive and forgive now those who made you cry. You might not get a second time. Mm. All right. Well, with that, Dr. Dan, thank you for uh, hopping in there. Dr. Jerry, as usual, great, great uh, research. And uh, we will uh, close with uh, Freddie until he, he, he can finish writing our closing number. Uh, Freddie is a Grammy Award winning artist who wrote The Doctor in the House. He's going to change it to uh, a few few little lyrics here in the, in, the, in the coming weeks. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you Friday, Friday, February 1st, February 1st, 4 p.m. Dr. Teitelbaum will be talking about diabetes and fibromyalgia. Have a great night.